Hey everyone, and welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast show that talks about video game news stories and highlights. My name is Luke, and I'm your host. As always, thanks for joining me on episode number 35 of Games Are Fun. Uh, if this is your first time checking on the show, Games Are Fun is a weekly video game podcast show where I talk about video games each and every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time. It's available on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and other podcast services. Just search for Games Are Fun on whatever podcast service you're listening to on, and if it comes up, great, you're in the right place. Um, today's episode is a special episode because I have Andrew Bardecki joining me today. My good friend Andrew is here to talk about Resident Evil. Andrew, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Uh, Andrew knows a lot about Resident Evil. He knows too much. <laughs> yeah, probably too much. Um, with Resident Evil 2 Remake just releasing a couple weeks ago, um, I thought it'd be a good idea to have Andrew on to talk about the remake as well as talk about the Resident Evil franchise. That's kind of the hot topic right now, and so I thought it'd be fun to kind of talk about Resident Evil. So we're going to kind of split the show into two parts. We're going to first talk about the Resident Evil franchise. We're going to talk about the games that belong to the Resident Evil name, um, talk about what games were great, what games weren't, and kind of hopefully... Um, I guess just talk about uh, the Resident Evil name, I guess. And then the second half of the show is going to be about the Resident Evil 2 remake. So this is going to be kind of spoiler territory. Um, so if you haven't played Resident Evil 2, the remake yet, and you're wanting to save it for yourself and don't want to hear any spoilers, that's why we're saving for the last part of the show. Um, so just a spoiler warning ahead of time uh, before we get to that point. Now, before we get, get to all that, I'm going to kind of introduce Andrew. Um, so Andrew, whenever I have somebody on the show, I like to ask them a little bit about their kind of history with video games, what games they're into and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, before, I guess the first question is tell me about like your, your video game past. What kind of games did you play growing up? Um, what did you play console games? What consoles did you own? Just kind of tell me how your love for video games came to be, I guess. Uh, sure. Yeah, well, I was a console gamer until only about like four years ago when I finally built my first gaming PC. Um, but I started out with uh, Sega Genesis and Sonic and Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was probably like my go-to favorite. And then after that, my dad brought home a GameCube for Christmas and it was like Luigi's Mansion. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes on from there. And then uh, then I got really into Resident Evil. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So like you've been playing games. So you had a Sega Genesis back in the day. Uh, you were into Sonic and stuff like that. Um, Resident Evil obviously is one. Is there any other major franchises back from when you're? You mentioned Luigi. What what kind of what were some of your favorite games playing growing up? Um, favorite games? Uh, yeah, like I don't know. Kind of most kids are into Mario, right? Mm -hmm. So I had Luigi's Mansion, and I think that's kind of what set me on to liking like horror games or like games that were kind of scary. Because yeah. like if you play it now as an adult, like it's still just it's kid stuff. Sure. But, like playing it at that young age, like. That was scary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was no, a it's, scary that's, game. That's a fair point. It got your heart pumping and just kind of like the creepy atmosphere of it. But it's it, it's like um, Resident Evil as a series is definitely my favorite mm -hmm. franchise. Mm -hmm. But favorite game, like definitely Luigi's Match. Okay, it always holds cool. a place in my heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Speaking of Luigi's Mansion, real quick note on that. They so there there's obviously the first one for GameCube. Did you ever? <laughs> you don't have like a three a three DS. Have you played oh, the second one? Come. No, yeah. I, I have not played the second one. I was so stoked when I heard it was going to come out um, with a sequel, and as soon as I saw kind of like the art style of it mm-hmm. and the layout, I just kind of said it wasn't for me. For you? Um, which isn't fair. I I never gave it a fair shot. Like I know it has awesome reviews like mm-hmm. people really loved it uh but i just have not got around to playing it oh, that's fair it, it's on 3ds too it's like i'm it, not gonna buy a 3ds no exactly that. i i have a 3ds but I, I just use it to play pokemon games basically um why else <laughs> yeah that's it's a pokemon machine um yeah it'll be interesting right because Lu- luigi's mansion 3 is coming out on switch supposedly this year wait and what? so yeah there is an <laughs> announcement uh last year e3 or at a nintendo direct that um which is weird because they have the sequel to luigi's mansion um on 3ds and then the third one in the the series i guess now is going to be on switch so like there's a lot of people that haven't played the second one and now they're just gonna play the third yeah but i'm thinking it's just gonna be like luigi's in another situation where it but if they go back to the first one that kind of style i think it'd Mm -hmm. be fine yeah, they they reported they ported the first one onto 3ds again. I don't know why they what? didn't. Yeah, they they it's it, this was a <laughs> controversial right topic last year because you're telling me I can have Luigi's Mansion the original one in my pocket. You could, yeah. It came out, uh, I think, like last year, sometime like August, like yeah, some sometime last year. The first one was ported to 3ds. I might need to play <laughs> 3DS. Maybe I'll, I'll I'll let you borrow my 3ds <laughs> to play that. Um, but yeah, so anyways, I just thought I'd mention that, but there you, you learned something new today. Yeah. Um, so speaking of your, your history with games, is there a memory from back in the day that, uh, comes to mind when you think about your time with video games as a kid or whatever? I like to, on the show, kind of talk about my past and like experiences that I've had with a, maybe a, a game or just like a memory I had of like getting a new console on, uh, my birthday or something like that. Do you have a story like that? Uh, yeah, honestly, I think getting that GameCube, like those earlier memories with uh, both my sisters who are like quite a bit older than me, but like back then they were in their teens and like I was just a kid. So, but I mean, like it just brought all of us together, like mm-hmm. downstairs, like after dinner, we'd all go down and like either try to figure out how to get through Luigi's Mansion or like Wave Race Blue Storm was yeah, yeah, like... Yeah. Um, a game you don't hear too much about, but mm-hmm. it was a fun game and it was just like a racing game and it was super competitive. Um, so yeah, just kind of thinking about that, those would probably be my favorite memories. That's cool. So we, I just wanted to mention about Wave Race while you brought it up. I remember back in the day, both Wave Race 64 and then Blue Storm, like I remember thinking that those games, like the water in them yeah. were just like this is it like this is amazing <laughs> like they can't get better than this like this water the textures of it is perfect anyways did you know they had a like a rude announcer unlock in the gamecube one? Oh no i did not know that yeah yeah, yeah. um i forgot how you activate it but mm-hmm. basically then once you play the announcer just like this is you the entire oh really time. that's like, hilarious terrible. <laughs> there's not enough stuff like that in games nowadays. easter eggs yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of bare when it comes to that cool extra stuff um okay what about uh another question i have for you looking forward at games is there a particular game 
that's been announced or whatever that has you interested? Uh, yeah, there's uh, two main ones I'm looking forward to right now. Um, Metro Exodus. Okay, yeah. Which is kind of Just like right away. up the same yeah. alley as like Resident Evil Survival. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, probably a lot of people are excited for, but Cyberpunk. Yeah, definitely. yeah, big time. Yeah. Um, did you watch that like, uh, like the 45, 15 minute I gameplay? Did, yeah, 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 yeah. And it, um, I don't know. Like it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still don't know how to feel about it. Like I felt like the trailer got me pumped up more than watching that 45 minutes. Sure. Yeah. That's a good point. Video. I think once we kind of finally like can see that it's, cause we don't have a release date who knows when it's going to come out, but I like it, it's promising. It's, a lot. It's yeah. promising a lot. Yeah. And so it's almost like, are, is it possible for them to do so much in that game? So I don't know. I guess time will tell. Hopefully, hopefully I, I don't think that game will come out this year. Oh it, no. But I think it's more of like a next gen game. Um, I know it was announced so long ago, but like it wasn't until, yeah. And it yeah. wasn't until last year that we actually saw like gameplay or any anything right like yeah, before just, that was just, just was just like teasers right um and then metro exodus that's actually interesting you bring that up because um i've never played any of the metro games ever what yeah it's again i get a series that oh is on my radar and i know about but i've never played when i saw that metro exodus trailer at i think a couple e3s ago it was on like xbox's stage and i remember like Again, I'm sure someone, a Metro fan watching that trailer been like, oh, making the connection. But I remember watching it before they had showed this was Metro yeah, Exodus. Yeah. I was like, that looks really cool. And then there was like a bit of controversy, controversy around it because um, it was kind of like a pre-rendered gameplay trailer for that game. Yeah. And then, it, I don't know if you know about this, but recently Metro Exodus has got a, itself in a bit of hot water. Not really. It's more of, uh, I think the the fan base is more at fault for this and not like the true fans but basically you have steam and you have the epic game store now and a lot of um developers or publishers are now going over to epic and exclusively releasing that game on epic store as opposed to steam it's garbage (laughs) yeah and it it sucks because now it's and then there's been so many different arguments of you know steam Sure, Epic's not the level of Steam, but I, if we also have to remember, like Steam, when it was first released, was also not the the most flushed out thing either. Yeah. Um. But that being said, I don't know. And then there's also arguments because Steam, the percentage cut is different than what Epic Games is promising. But anyways, Metro Exodus announced that they were not going to be releasing the game on Steam, and they they what? were yeah <laughs> they if you had pre-ordered it um they you're still fine and stuff but they're no longer allowing you to to buy the game on it and so that (laughs) has people worried because it's like okay so if we pre-ordered it we still get the game but it's not being released so like if there's any patch updates and they said oh if there's any updates we'll we'll release the game anyways just with you bringing that up it's it'll be interesting to see what the heck yeah people on steam have been like um very upset. Very upset, obviously, I, I understandably. But Gabe's going to do something. Yeah, <laughs> who, who knows, but um, maybe we'll have you on the show talk about Metro. Because I think <laughs> that is a game, the The last two games that came out, it was like 2033. 
Uh, yeah, 20, 2033 and uh, 2034. Yeah, and there's like a, a Redux bundle on Xbox that has... T- and Steam, yeah, it's yeah. available. And yeah. so I have uh, Game Pass, and so I have those games actually downloaded. So I can I want to play them, but again, it's like, I need um, to find the time. I Like, I have a 1070 in my computer, and like, I barely handle... The regular non-redux oh, on, really? on ultra really, settings. Yeah. So I'm like, wow. what is this redux? Yeah, yeah. What is this supposed to look like? Okay. Um, and then before we start talking about Resident Evil, I did want to ask you uh, about your what is your future of gaming like? So um, you kind of, out of all my friends, I guess that are into video games, you have the most interesting story because you actually are going to school to develop games. So tell me a little bit about that. Um, what's the process been like? Is it been more challenging than you expected? Has it been easier than you expected? It's, uh, like I, I haven't come at it from like a coding side yet. Mm-hmm. I using, using the actual game engine has been a lot easier than I thought it would be. Okay. Um, it's kind of like any other kind of program that you open up and then you can add your stuff in there and just mm-hmm. kind of like drag it and drop it okay. into a game. So it's really user friendly. Interesting. Um, and then if you're a whiz at Photoshop, just adding textures to things mm-hmm. is, you know, same kind of thing. Just boop, add this yeah. texture to it and then it looks realistic. Hmm. And the lighting and shaders, they're all just kind of little drag bars that you can pull from one side to the other. So it's it's pretty impressive in, what, in a short amount of time what you can accomplish but at the same time again i like to stress i haven't really gotten into the coding side of it yet Mm -hmm. um so i can make a beautiful looking scenery yeah but actually getting in and making a game okay it's probably a totally different beast sure yeah uh but as for the future of gaming i think that um uh, i really appreciate how you know we're getting back more into the the nostalgia or like older way of making games. And I think that now that graphics are getting so good, we are so dependent on like, Oh, look how good this game's graphics look mm-hmm. like that. That's kind of put you as a leader in the game development world. Yeah. And now that that's so easy to achieve, I think it's going to force developers to have a stronger story Yeah. and force them to be more creative. So hopefully that has a positive effect on games. It's a really good point that uh, I think you made there because you're exactly right. It's now, I think today, there's so many ways for people to like have different engines to to play with, to to develop games and and kind of experiment. And there's so many like indie games are on the rise. Like if we went like 10 years ago, there was nowhere near this amount of like people making and publishing their own games. Right. And so, yeah, I think that in order to stand out because it again the kind of like what you're saying of just like the resources are out there you really have to have a a good story and um do something that sticks out above the rest in order to really make an impact in the industry i guess so yeah because if if anyone can make a game like yours has to be special to Mm -hmm. pick up ground um what one more question about this just for my (laughs) interest's sake what engines like like are you using like Unreal Engine or um uh right right now I'm using Unity. Unity, okay, yeah. yeah. And so they're probably again, I don't know how like I guess each engine like is depends on how accessible it is for the user. Like Unity as you're saying is 
pretty accessible. A lot of dropping and dragging. Yeah. Pretty easy to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, it's, it's a, like it's a free program to download. They have like really with Unity mm-hmm. when you uh, when you have to pay for it is if you're they have different tiers for how much money you're making mm. off your game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That makes sense. Okay. Interesting. So you have to pay them this amount per month if you're making over 100k a year. I see. Okay. Of. Yeah, I have lots like other a... things, but that's the that's the main thing. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm excited to see like what what like down the road what kind of games or whatever <laughs> you have brewing years from now. Um okay. Uh, I think we're good to talk about Resident Evil now. Sounds um, good. <laughs> uh, so Resident Evil is a franchise, like I said, that is a blind spot for me. I'm a really big horror game fan, and that's why it's kind of surprising. It's like, uh, if you like horror games, like Resident Evil is, you know, one of the the grandfathers of real horror games because at that time, late 90s, um, I think the horror genre was at a pretty big high right with like slasher movies and um you know making its way into the the video game medium and yeah the fact that i'm a big fan of horror and haven't really played through the resident evil games kind of sucks so that's again why i kind of wanted to have you on the show is because you have a lot of knowledge (laughs) in the franchise and about horror in general that you can kind of add to the conversation so i think the first place i kind of wanted to start is kind of just maybe do a run through of um resident evil and kind of how it started and maybe how it kind of expanded is that yeah does that sound like a good place to start sounds good okay so walk me through it so we're going back to the very beginning um 1989 yeah you you go for it you have your notes there you you Um, run through it (laughs) yeah so basically back in 1989 there was a capcom horror game that was called Home Sweet Home. Mm-hmm. Like it was kind of like a two D looking game, but it was in a first first person. Yeah, it had first person battle yep. sequences, and um, so um, it wasn't the creator of Resident Evil who created that. It was a different director, um, but Capcom was going to make a kind of a remake. Mm-hmm. And like a spiritual successor to that to that game, yeah. And then th- that's when they hired Shinji Mikami, mm-hmm. the creator of Resident Evil, to make that. And actually, Resident Evil was going to be called Home Sweet Home. Okay. Um, until they realized that uh, a DOS game at that oh, time really? had been registered. So interesting. That name. Um, so that's when they started Resident Evil, um, and uh, it was originally going to be a two D game too. Obviously, to kind of go with the original format of it um and it was originally going to be on the uh snes super nintendo okay yeah i guess that's the 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 time (laughs) adds up to that yeah but then like the next year playstation came out with its 3d capabilities Mm. and then so that's what they decided to go for okay um and yeah so it actually, interestingly enough, too, um, because Resident Evil is famous for its third-person perspective. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the Shinji Mikami actually wanted to be a first-person perspective okay. right from the get-go. Um, but what he realized was, if he went for a third-person perspective, then it was way easier to have these like higher resolution, higher definition backgrounds yeah. that were kind of baked in to yeah. the environment. Yeah. And so what he found was the trade-off was better for oh, that. Okay. 
because he felt like he was going to lose immersion from going from first person to third person, but the, he could make such a better atmosphere with third person. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, and then, yeah, Resident Evil was released for PlayStation in 1996 and all kind of got started from there. Yeah. 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 Okay. And like, do you think, do you think like that first game, again, I don't know, I can't, <laughs> I don't, I haven't pulled numbers or anything like that, but do you think that first game is what launched the name or was it like, okay, people are interested, people enjoy this game, um, for whatever reasons, let's expand on that. And then it kind of gradually, or was this like, was released and people's <laughs> minds were blown because it was, there was nothing else like it. What do you think about that? Uh... Well, it's hard because, like, I wasn't... There, I was, sure. I wasn't, I, I, well, I was there, but I was three. Yeah. <laughs> I was... In 96, I was one, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, obviously, you know, um, uh, it's hard to say. I think that it caught on. It wasn't, um, I don't think, a crazy success. Like, if you go back and play the first game, the opening sequence is all played with real actors. Like, mm -hmm. it's actually, like, a recording. Yeah. The voice acting is ridiculously cheesy but that yeah. part like people have a connection with that people love that mm -hmm. um but obviously it had some effect because if you look what happened between 1996 1997 1998 up until the year 2000 and you look how many games that um they pumped out with the mm -hmm. resident evil name on it canon and spinoffs like it was a big movement they had so many things going all at once so it was pretty crazy um I still would describe the pinnacle of Resident Evil franchise of the Resident Evil franchise as uh, the remake for Nintendo GameCube, uh, because that was kind of the um, they had this new technology they could finally make what they wanted the first game for the PlayStation to be, uh, with the updated graphics, um, the inventory systems, all of that they could finally make it what it was supposed to be. And true Resident Evil fans looked at that and they were like, yeah, this is, this is amazing. Like, mm -hmm. this is the best it can be. Um, basically, yeah, so Resident Evil 1 came out, then Resident Evil, Resident Evil 2 came out. For classic Resident Evil fans, I'd say that the Resident Evil 2 is definitely the favorite in the series. Just because it did so much to expand the series mm -hmm. um, and expand the lore and the mythology that surrounds it. Um, and it was also launched on like the full range of platforms when it came out, which also had a huge reach for people. Like it yeah. came out on PlayStation, N64, GameCube, right. Dreamcast, Windows. Um, Resident Evil 3 came out in 1999. Like it was also a success. Um, and yeah, like I, I think what attracts people to Resident Evil so much is the fact that everything in the series has significance. Mm -hmm. um, like there's so much lore behind it and... Um, when you make a game that had like, like look how many titles it has, like including spinoffs, it's around eighteen. Wow! And to have eighteen games and like so little filler, yeah, is that's pretty impressive. Oh, totally, yeah. Right. Um, did you have like anything specific you wanted to know about it or? Oh, well, no, no. I was just like <laughs> more just wanting to kind of run through, you know, the the timeline of Resident Evil and kind of the the paths that it it took and stuff so you brought up the fact that um you know i think that again i can't pull from my own experiences because i like i said this is a blind spot for me um but i think you you're not the only one that like the when they 
remade the games in that GameCube era, that's when a lot of people, I think, started jumping onto uh, the Resident Evil train or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. And I think it found, you know, it had those, those obviously, old fans who were, were diehard Resident Evil fans still continuing um, to play these games because it was, like, what they experienced. But now it's, you know, the resolution's upgraded and... Um, you know, you're, you're providing a better gameplay for the experience, but then you also have this new crowd of people coming in that uh, are almost exploring it for a new time. So I think it was kind of a smart move on Capcom's part to, um, you know, kind of, again, I can't, I'm not sure. Like, I know that Resident Evil today is Capcom's best-selling franchise, but mm-hmm. I wonder what the, the decision was to kind of make at that point to, if it was like, we need to remake these because you know we did couldn't necessarily do what we did back in the day i don't know if you have anything to to go off that or whatnot but um yeah like i think it's because uh shinji mikami like the creator was a very passionate guy Mm -hmm. and he directed the first resident evil there was a different director for the second resident Evil, for the third resident evil for the well he ended up being the director for the fourth resident evil after they went through a couple guys but he always had his hands in the game and he always was calling the shots. Like, mm-hmm. if it wasn't something that he liked, um, he would be like, no, cut this out. Yeah. But, you know, like, to have a, a creator who's so passionate behind it, um, I, th- I think that, you know, he he took it and made it what it is. And he, he apparently, for the, I think it was the first game, for the first six months of development, it was just him. And he wrote out, like, pages and pages and pages of scripts. I think, like, 40 or 70 pages of scripts for this game yeah and um yeah it's just uh it's just like the little things when you're walking through the games and you find these little scraps of paper and it tells like you Mm -hmm. all this backstory and you look at the timeline and it's like the game takes place in 1998 but you can find out what happened like year by year going all the way back to like 1970 1960 what was going on right so that's crazy yeah, it's pretty incredible that like, you know, I, like you mentioned, eighteen games, including like lots of spinoffs and stuff of, of something this, like that. Yeah, the, yeah, of this <laughs> franchise, and to think that those are just the games, like on the surface level, that in in those games or like other things from outside of video games have created so much lore and story behind Resident Evil. It's pretty incredible to think like if you are a fan of a specific gaming franchise like resident evil is obviously one that uh you will have no shortage i think of like content to to choose from right the fact that i can go on my current gen like my ps4 or you could go up on steam or whatever and you could basically almost get any resident evil game you want besides those you know maybe specific platforms yeah um it's pretty cool the fact that i can play resident evil 1 2 and and three and four and five and six, like basically wherever I want. And then those spinoffs is pretty cool. Um, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's a really good franchise, but I think that, you know, it, it is the number one bestselling and it franchise and the fans are really passionate and they're so passionate that, um, they've also haven't been impressed with, I think every single thing that's come from Resident Evil. So no. we've talked about how great <laughs> Resident Evil is as a franchise and how, you know, it's director is very passionate and maybe his absence was what kind of made, but let's kind of talk about, uh, 
I guess the name, the name, yeah, the bad <laughs> stuff. So like, let's talk about where Resident Evil kind of went through a transition period of like going from, you know, what fans really appreciate into trying something new that obviously they didn't hit the mark on. Let's kind of talk about that, I guess. Um, yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's interesting. So basically, um, Resident Evil 3 came out in 1999 mm-hmm. and they started development on the fourth Resident Evil right away in the year 2000 and between like 2000 and 2001 they came out with four different developments that all got cancelled and also in that time period um, the director from Resident Evil 2 was on the development team for Resident Evil uh, 4 I think he might have been the director but uh, either way kind of half the development team wanted to add this like coolness factor to Resident Evil they felt like um, you know, they needed something to kind of spice it up. They felt maybe it was too much of a cookie cutter mold. You know, people are tired of zombies. People are tired of the virus, which they weren't. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they ended up wanting to add in, uh, this kind of character named Dante. So it wasn't going to be Leon. It was Dante. And they wanted to add in, uh, this world that contained things like demons and ghosts and all of that. And then Shinji Mikami, who's kind of sitting off the side here, was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are straying way too far from the roots. And then he said, keep that as your own private project. (laughs) And uh, we're going to continue building something else. Um, And interestingly enough, they did keep it as their own private uh, project. And that's what became uh, the popular franchise Devil May Cry. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. Which, Which is, is very different from Resident Evil. Very much so, yeah. It's, um, but cool. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think that that game was born through, I, I guess, essentially being developed as like a Resident Evil title, right? To think yeah. of how big it's gone and it's almost like, like you said, it's so different from Resident Evil, the fact that it's grown in different directions, but it's kind of started. It's it's interesting, yeah. Um, but but yeah, and th- and then after that... Um, from a period of 2001 to 2003, they had more scrapped ideas. And in 2003, they actually came pretty close. Um, they wanted to have Leon. So it, it was Leon Kennedy now. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to have him kind of in this European umbrella corporation castle, this, yeah. this home base or whatever. And then they had this kind of ghost sequence with him. Or it was haunted. There's actually gameplay. I think there's about five minutes of it available. It was included on the special edition for Resident Evil 4 too. Oh, okay. Which I think you have. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, and then whatever happened was that they said it was going to be too expensive for development. Oh, okay. And um, at that point, it was 2004, and Shinji Mikami, again, was just like... <laughs> <laughs> All right, like I wasn't the director, but I am the director now, and this is the way we're gonna do it. And he made Resident Evil Four, what Resident Evil Four is, and you can tell that they changed the style quite a bit. Like they went to the over-the-shoulder view. They definitely added more action. They took away the kind of tank controls, mm-hmm. um, and it was a huge, huge uh, success. Yeah, I would say, like again just taking from other people's experience but most people i talk to i would say resident evil 4 is probably like the top of their favorite resident evil game yeah and for me it's it's kind of near the bottom <laughs> yeah and, and it's just for the reason of how it affected the rest of the series because you look at like um 96 to 99 and mm-hmm. like the success of these games those developers started getting so many uh 
like at least from what I read, a lot of the developers started getting so many offers from other places and just started kind of like leaving. Sure. And so that's kind of why Shinji Mikami did what he did. Like, he, yes, he felt like it was a cookie cutter and he didn't want to do another, you know, Resident yeah. Evil that had been like it was. But he also felt like he was losing these developers and like mm-hmm. people who were developing the games were losing interest. Um, and then so they made Resident Evil 4 mm-hmm. and it was a huge success. But I think it was such a straying away from the roots of the game that it was kind of like, where, what do we do now? Sure, yeah. So would you say, because like, like you mentioned, do you think there, there, there are quite a few people that kind of, I guess, stopped having the same passion for the Resident Evil series at that point in time because of the change of things? Because obviously it was well received and a lot of people liked that, you know, like so many people had issues with tank controls and, and yeah. this new thing made it more accessible for the player, but was do you think this was kind of the point where it kind of started really dividing like the fan base, I guess? Yeah, I think so because like Resident Evil 4, it still had like lore, like it still added quite a bit to the franchise. Sure. And then Resident Evil 5 kind of it added how they got to the point of having the T-virus, yeah. like how they went to the journey to Africa and all yeah. that kind of thing. Um but it wasn't a really well-made game. Like the mechanics of it felt kind of sloppy. The enemies weren't exciting. The enemies weren't scary. Um, a lot of it took place out in daylight, which mm-hmm. wasn't really <laughs> scary. Like, you know, yeah. like it's, it's daylight. Sure. Nothing can hurt me. And then Resident Evil Six came out, and it was like it was, that was just garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it was like we have the C virus now. It's kind of a combination of the T virus and the G virus. So How together. that happened, nobody knows. Nobody knows, but <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we just care. gonna force it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, I th- I think it was just a fact of like where they didn't know where to go, and then they just came out with the Wii games, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was like if you've ever played those old, you know, arcade. House of Dead shooters. Yep. We just point at a rail shooters. And click. Yeah, it's yeah. Those those are the bad years. So, well, and, and in fairness, in in I guess defense to that, I think so many other developers like just wanted to get on that. Again, I keep using this term on the train, but like people wanted to get on the Wii because it was it was blowing up. It was like doing huge numbers. It was selling and stuff. And they're like, okay, how can we do this? And that was all that they were capable of doing for that. But yeah, it's, it's really interesting looking at Resident Evil's history and looking at the game. So let, let's kind of talk about what games, in your opinion, um, again, I can't really voice my own on this, but what games do you think are, are the positives that really, I think... Advance the series. Advance the series, give Resident Evil... Um, New life. <laughs> New life. And what are those games that kind of maybe taint the, the Resident Evil name and, and people don't, real Resident Evil fans don't really like to talk about because they were so bad. Let's kind of go through the games, I guess. Uh, let me open up my list. Sure. <laughs> uh, so, Remake, which you've already talked about, Resident Evil 2, already talked about. Um, Code Veronica, that's like a favorite for a lot of Resident Evil gamers. Mm-hmm. Like the classic, um, it's either Remake or code veronica and again another point is again the conversation going back to that remake code veronica was actually a game that i think was some people's first like like 
yeah. introduction to Resident yeah. Evil. Yeah, so. like it came out in 2000. Yeah. It was a big deal. Um, it had a great storyline. Mm-hmm. And it, it, like that one did a lot to advance the series too because like it took it kind of into a whole other atmosphere. Sure. Which is really cool. Um, Resident Evil Zero was great because I don't think anyone really thought that they were going to go that direction. Yeah. Because um, it, it, like, it literally takes place just, you know, a couple of hours before Prior, the yeah. remake. Yeah. And a lot of it actually has some overlap in there too. Um, but it ties up a lot of the loose ends and why things are the way they mm-hmm. are. Like the cutscenes in that game are really, really important. Um, then I think some, like a game series, a series in Resident Evil that I think gets... Um, not enough exposure is the Outbreak series. So, like, there's two in that series, Outbreak number 1 and Outbreak File 2, uh, which came out in 2003 and 2005, respectively, both for the PS2. Okay. But um, it's basically you're playing as a group of survivors set in Raccoon City, like, just after the Outbreak. Okay. And then each kind of game had its five scenarios in okay. it. Well, the second one had more scenarios, but they kind of, for, for instance, the first one... Um, had one scenario called Outbreak, obviously, (laughs) where it takes place at the beginning of the outbreak as police attempt to destroy the zombie hordes with explosives. Um, Below Freezing Point takes place at the Umbrella Labs before the events of Resident Evil 2. Mm -hmm. So, like, how cool is that that you get to kind of see, like, you you were playing Resident Evil 2, it's like, how did those labs get that Sure, way, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, because you're kind of coming in with everything, the aftermath, I guess, of things yeah, going, like, yeah. like, how does it go down? Yeah. Um, the hive survivors take refuge in, like, the city hospital. Like, that okay. would be, like, yeah. the coolest setting. That is cool. Um, and then Outbreak File 2 continued off of those um, ones, but it also utilized a multiplayer, like, an online multiplayer mode, too. Mm. Which, like, if you think about, like, 2005, did Halo come out yet in 2005? 2005, it, yes, it was out by that point. Like the multiplayer, uh, or yeah, because Halo yeah. Two came out. Oh my gosh! Yeah, not too much. Yeah, <laughs> Halo came out a long time. ago. Yeah, because um, you think Halo Three came out in two thousand seven, so <laughs> All right. it had been established. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm losing credibility by the second here. Um, no worries. But online for PS2, okay? <laughs> well, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. It wasn't until that next generation that I think multiplayer like took off. Took off, yeah. So. Uh, and then which one sucked yeah let's talk about the crappy (laughs) ones because i think uh those are always fun to talk about (laughs) resident evil 5 yeah i've already explained why resident evil 6 kind of already explained why oh well we didn't talk about on the podcast that what we talked about beforehand was how god awful those uh split screens were oh my gosh so yeah andrew we were talking about before the show i've you own resident evil 6 i own resident evil 6 and he asked me have you ever played like co-op split screen and i was like no and he i pulled up pictures and it is god awful i don't understand why <laughs> like what the point of doing that is for those of you who don't know basically i just honestly google resident evil 6 split screen you'll see and you'll just be shaking your head now six was the first to have co-op play like what when uh, was to it? have local co-op. local co-op yeah. like couch co-op yeah. i see okay so you could play like previous entries they had on that on like you mentioned online capability um, to play some sort of yeah mix. like resident evil 5 had actually resident evil 5 had uh yeah online multiplayer oh, okay. so one person could play as sheva and the other yeah. person played as chris, chris but yeah. you got the short end of the stick if yeah. you're sheva obviously yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you only go where chris went yeah um 
And then I, I just listed the entire Wii series. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but they, uh, interestingly enough, the Wii series ones did have different cutscenes and kind of followed characters at different times throughout the series. So mm-hmm. they did add to the lore, but like the, the gameplay was just not there, sure. at, at least for me. Um, Operation Raccoon City, and this one actually really hurts for me because I was so pumped for this game. Yeah, it was yeah. like, here's a game where you're going in as Umbrella Soldiers into Raccoon City and it's all online. And, like, you play with your friends. Like, all my friends in high school who were not in Resident Evil, I was like, look at the trailers for this game. Like, yeah. oh, did I get this and play this? And then we got it, and it was just like... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember, like, a lot of buzz around that game. I remember, like... There was a lot of lead-up buzz. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but I remember, like, going into, like, a Best Buy or something and seeing it on the shelf and being like... Because, again, I also, like I said don't follow the franchise and so i'm like i'm surprised that this this game must have not done great if like people aren't talking about this new resident evil game so anyways yeah (laughs) but i i pre-ordered it i got a welcome to raccoon city sign okay (laughs) uh so that was pretty cool that was the only good part of that game (laughs) it was the sign your pre-order bonus (laughs) Uh, and this last one, I'm ashamed to admit, but I didn't even hear about it coming out. Like when I was kind of like digging through to kind of get yeah. ready for the podcast, it was like Umbrella Corpse 2016 yeah. for PS4 and Windows. And yeah. that's like game, like every single gaming rating website had rated like 2.5. Really bad. I've watched, <laughs> I've never played it all for those reasons because I found out the scores and, but yeah, same thing. I, I somehow came across it and was like, I didn't even know this existed and then I watched some gameplay and all that. This I'm like, is why? Yeah, I don't know what they were doing here, but anyways. Yeah. So I think that pretty much wraps up uh, kind of our overview of the history of Resident Evil, um, talking about the good games, the bad games, kind of where different paths that the the franchise has gone. I, let's kind of transition into talking now about the Resident Evil 2 remake. So again, just a spoiler warning: we are going to be talking about things that happen in the game so if you want to refrain from spoilers just stop listening to the podcast i guess <laughs> um but if you're okay with that then then great um so the resident evil 2 remake i talked about on a little bit of my initial impressions on last week's episode at that point i was probably i want to say an hour and a half two hours into leon's uh story like first scenario yeah yeah and so i just kind of share with you guys my first impressions now we're going to talk about resident evil the re to the remake everything we liked about it didn't like about it um what it could mean for the franchise because you finally beat it today i finally beat it today <laughs> i so I, I was wanting what how i wanted it to go was i wanted to beat the game like Basically, the weekend after it came out. <laughs> and then I wanted to do, you know, second run. And then I was going to be satisfied with that going into the box. But these god, the goddamn final bosses um, kind of made that a little more difficult to me. But anyways, I did finally be it so we can talk about at least Leon's... I think you, you said you played Leon first, right? Your first playthrough? Your yeah, first run, I, like... so I've done Leon's first scenario, Claire's first scenario, and now I'm stuck probably 70% of the way through oh, the okay. second scenario, yeah. Gotcha, okay. So, 
Uh, like I mentioned, uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake, uh, from my research, I think I read that they had started development for this in 2015. We are talking off the show about why Resident Evil 2, why that game was needed. So why... We kind of we talked about it a little bit, too. Yeah. Like, uh, for a lot of people, it, like, it just expanded the story, and... Um, it got you into the like there were laboratories in the mansion but you know it kind of made like a broader scale of like this is a corporation that kind of you know runs this entire city and Mm -hmm. like this whole underground laboratory and like the city thrown into chaos and these this virus just just kind of overtook it um and then it, it introduced these new characters and then had the characters interacting um, with other characters who, you know, were on the other side, like interacting with, uh, Birkin's daughter, Sherry mm-hmm. and, um, Leon interacting with Ada Wong. Yeah. who's like this, um, quote FBI yeah, agent, yeah. right. He was yeah. secretly a mercenary. So it added in all these other aspects. Um, it was, it was a much bigger game, mm-hmm. um, had a lot more space. Um, so I, I think that was, I think that was why they chose that game. Yeah. So as a fan of Resident Evil, when it was announced, just the like announcement, because obviously we didn't see real much about the game until I think it was like last year where we finally got, yeah, yeah, we finally got a look and I think it was like, whoa, this is really good. But like, it was a short trailer. It was a short trailer, but it won like awards of like best showing at E3 2018 or whatever. Um, Yep. When, as a fan, when you heard that it was being announced, um, like how excited were you? And then also touch on like once you kind of got an idea of the change up of things like changing it, the perspective of the game to over the shoulder, and how did you feel about all that? Like, as a fan, I guess. Um, so when I heard it was announced, like officially announced, yeah, this is happening for sure. I was stoked yeah. and kind of, uh, again, like we talked about before, it's Resident Evil's had a very, like every game that they've had has had a very kind of rocky development with mm-hmm. like things getting canceled or things not happening. And like you look how many spinoffs that were actually made, but if you look at how many spinoffs were going to be made, like, yeah, 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 it's crazy. Like they were going to have a Resident Evil standalone for um, PSP. Oh, okay. And, like, they went out and announced it, like, at a at a game show. Oh, really? And it went uh, that far? Yeah. And they were, like, they had, the like, on the PSP screen, like, the Resident Evil and stuff. Yeah. And, like, I was so stoked for that. And then it never happened. Happened, yeah. So once, like, it came out, um, the trailer, and they announced it, and it was official, like, yeah, my mind was blown. And um, as for the change of perspective and whatnot, like, I think, I think that's natural. Like, I... I I like the over-the-shoulder perspective. I think it's kind of a nice balance between... Somewhere between being first-person. Like, it is third-person, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, like, so super far away like the originals mm-hmm. are. Um, and again, like, the back in the day when they were first making these Resident Evil games, that third-person was really to get the higher-resolution, mm-hmm. um, baked-in atmospheres of the game. So... Um, yeah, first impressions of it, I was stoked. And after playing it, like, all expectations <laughs> were lived up to. That's awesome. Yeah, it's... I remember leading up to, before we actually got a, a glimpse of it, of there was so much talk of that, of, like, 
you know, it's been officially announced, but is this something that we're actually going to like yeah. see footage <laughs> for, actually see the light of day? And it was, it, it just blew my mind that it was like, here it is, and it's coming out like this January. Here's a date, right? Yeah. yeah, like that is a great, you know, like they, you know, sure when it was announced till we finally saw something we had to wait a little bit but i think that's like the the best way of announcing games like how many times do you know developers and companies fall into the trap of announcing something too soon and then promising too much and then having to backtrack and then overall when they finally ship the game you know it's going to be a disappointment because they've had to backtrack on some of the promises that they had originally made when they first announced it so i think this was like a good announcement um i was really excited because it was another opportunity for me to kind of jump into the the series and stuff and having only really kind of played i would say one is one the original is a game that i kind of knew so like you know playing through the game and knowing uh certain things helped and stuff like that but this definitely is a game that you know if you've never played any resident evil game like you could easily come in and play and find yourself really enjoying it and stuff which is really cool i think that's really going to help this series going forward is is this this title being released so and it was for me the first game that looked like it's e3 trailer yeah that's a good point it, it's like it looks really good it's stunning it's beautiful and um what like they have they have their own engine running it too like yeah the RE the RE engine. engine yeah um so that's pretty impressive that they have that up their sleeve for sure that was like when resident evil 7 came out which we didn't talk about too much in the the franchise but i think we'll talk about more at the end of about <laughs> where we think resident evil is going to go but when i when they said you know it's like it's going to be using the re engine from seven and it's we're changing where you won't have your tank controls and your um you know your isolate like isolated camera perspective or whatever whatever you call that um i i just was so on board because seeing resident evil 7 i remember just running it on my like baseline ps4 being so impressed with that engine and how yeah. good it looked and yeah. then seeing the re2 trailer like you said at e3 and then seeing just playing it you know this past playing week it's demo. like yeah yeah it's, it's matching up so and like from a person who's now kind of starting to get into making games like one thing that i was looking for is like the textures on the walls and stuff because you know when you're like usually those textures are tiled and i was running through it like kind of trying to find repetitions and whatnot mm -hmm. and i just was having trouble finding them and yeah. i was like how can it be this high resolution? Like, do they have some kind of base image that yeah. they have a program or an algorithm that slightly changes it? Each, yeah, yeah. Progressionally, like that's the only thing I can kind of think of. Yeah, that's a good point that I never really. Now that I think about, it, yeah, you go into doesn't matter what section of the game you are, you know, it's like new assets are popping up. It's like each little whatever was you know developed individually which is goes a long way like those little attention to details really make i think a good game become like a great game right so yeah um so let's talk about the remake now that we like you said you obviously have played more than me but um what 
what have been your overall impressions playing through it? That first playthrough, what did you like about it? What did you didn't like about it? And then I can kind of share my thoughts about that. So, <laughs> um, I think we kind of have, both have the same feelings about it. Like it was nice how fluid it felt. Mm -hmm. um, it was really easy to play. It was really easy to learn um, how to get into it and how to play it. And um, I really liked the balance of direction in the game because you know you kind of play it and obviously there's puzzles and there's items but you never find yourself truly lost there's good good good, good sections where you're kind of stumped for a second you're like what do i have to go do and then you open up your map or flip over an item and look at it and find a secret switch and you're like oh my gosh like mm -hmm. that's it that's where i have to go um and like that's such a good feeling that moment yeah um but then you get to a boss and it's like <laughs> And now we're here for an hour. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a, a good point of just like, I, there was times in the game, like specifically, I guess I first noticed this in the police station of just how everything is really well mapped and how, you know, it doesn't feel like, it, it gives you like the freedom to kind of explore parts of it that aren't needed to progress kind of in the game right because as i found out there was lots that i missed and i probably could have uh done a little extra work <laughs> to set myself up a little bit better for the last part of the game but that being said like there was times where um i then maybe got like a new combination for one of the safes and or i got a new key that allowed me into a new room and then um i could kind of like look at the map and map my way is like okay if i need to go there that's kind of the next thing i need to do in order to progress through the story but it's also kind of set up in a way that now i can also find these other things uh on my way there and stuff like that like it's really designed really smart smartly i don't yeah. know <laughs> it's probably the best smartest way to say that but it's just like uh you look at it and everything is is mapped out really really well like the way and i don't know how much because i've never played the original how much it's sticking to it's pretty this, close pretty close it's and pretty so close. yeah you're you're essentially taking um it, it's, it's just showing off how great back in the day that they the the environment that they created with the police station or the sewers or the lab and stuff and, and the addition of the tyrant chasing you around is just like something else like uh for me like what what makes it you know you can just tell it's a great survival horror game and like i don't know if you had this but certain parts of it like when you were going up to the top like after you found the jack for that library yeah and you had to go up to the top to get that clock tower bell and like you're low on ammo yep and like you have everything set to go and you're like i'm gonna go do this and you just have to like pause the game for a second yep. and just like mentally prepare yourself totally. and be like i have to do this and this and this and dodge this guy yep. this guy's gonna be there and then you go through and do it and your heart's just like pounding at the end, but it's just like such a rewarding experience. Like I got that so much in this game, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Though the biggest, I think out of, again, this is going to spoiler territory, but the biggest, uh, the one part where that really happened for me was I think, yeah, at that point of like roughly around the clock tower where again, you're kind of in that part of the game where you're lower on resources and you're really trying to, Take that second to kind of route your your path you're going to take to get to the next spot or whatever get back down to you know the jail cells or whatever yeah. 
and knowing like what's to come or like I remember just even making mistakes of like going when the dogs come out in the underground parking oh, and yeah. stuff and just like <laughs> being like not worrying about like really just trying to avoid them at all costs and then finding myself like oh crap I went the wrong direction now I gotta backtrack to like deal with those guys again and stuff and it, it's it was really entertaining and like the the part in the sewers where you have those weird I don't know, maybe you know the names of them, the... Oh, the G specimens. Yeah, so they're the ones in, yeah. like, the the water or whatever, and they there's that one section where you have to go get the uh, other chess pieces, plugs yeah. or whatever, and I remember having, like, no real plan, but just, like, kind of, like, <laughs> once you get those pieces, you're like, shit, I have to now go back yeah. knowing that they're out there and stuff, so... It's it was really fun that there's so many moments like that. So, yeah, no, like it it really keeps you motivated, and that's the other thing. Like the map is decently big, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, like it just keeps you so interested because, like you said, like you find a piece that lets you go into an area, like in an area you've already been, but like yeah. a new room and yeah. like what's gonna be in there. Yeah and um the environment changes like windows that you decided not to board up suddenly a zombie's coming through there suddenly there's liquors there and my other favorite thing about resident evil is that oftentimes like it shows you what it's going to do to you like you mentioned like you see those dogs in that kennel and you're like there's gonna be dogs yeah yeah (laughs) but you never know when it's gonna it's going to happen yeah i love that that and it does it really well like you said just knowing that like you're going to have to face so-and-so <laughs> just like, you know, Mr. X or whatever at some point. And you're just kind of dreading for that moment to eventually come. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to like about this game. I think there's probably more things we like than dislike. But I did want to kind of touch just briefly on maybe some things or criticisms we have. Things that maybe could have been done better. I don't really have a lot to pull from. I'm kind of actually stretching some of these if I'm being nitpicky. Um, I can start if you want. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. The one of the first kind of things I had. Um, well, again, it, it's really tough because there's so many the things that maybe I had an issue with early on in the game, but then it was more of just myself not knowing how that system worked or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I felt that there was a little bit of. Uh, and I'm just kind of exploring this, so I can't really go on it a lot. But the the execution of Leon's story and Claire's story being separate are great and stuff. But I think there could have been more... I think there was a, a lot of confusion on what to do after you beat one person's story and stuff. So they do explain yeah. kind of the second run system. But like, unless... If it wasn't for the fact that I had heard people explaining, okay, if you complete Leon, the next thing you're probably going to want to do is do Claire second run um, instead of just going back because then you can cut through all, you know, that extra cutscenes and stuff like that. But you've kind of... Not all you didn't, of them, but yeah. You, you didn't... So you can kind of speak more to that, I guess. What Do you have any real complaints of how they've kind of structured the two? Because... I basically how I would want it as just personal to me on how I like to play my games is I would have Leon's and I'm doing all this stuff as Leon and I just felt like, you know, you, you, 
you meet Claire at the beginning and there's run-ins kind of throughout the game. And so I'm thinking like going into Claire's second run that there's going to be just like, again, mind you, I haven't beat it. I, I can't vouch for that, but I just, I, there, I'm back, I'm in the police station kind of doing all this stuff and it's like, okay, I, I, I don't know. It just seemed like there, I thought it was going to be like very two different, you know, six oh, hour chunks yeah. that make up this 12 hour game but it seems like there's more overlap than I expected. And so that's just kind of something that caught no, me off guard. Fair. Maybe yeah, not yeah. a complaint or whatever, but if I'm being nitpicky, something that, you know, I think could have been more separate. I don't know. What do you think of that? I'll say, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you've played into it enough for exactly. where it's going to get yep. hard yeah. really fast. Like I was kind of talking about before about that. Yeah. Like the second run is significantly more intense than the first run mm -hmm. like you don't have really a second to breathe whereas before like you could kind of gather things sure. and collect things and then it was building up to something and you had finally that big task like the getting that final gear in the yeah or electric part in the clock tower and that you had to prepare for where this is like you have to prepare to go in every single room sure yeah and you're not going to be able to kill everything and um they've said that actions taken in your first run will affect the second run interesting i didn't know that um they kind of say it in like a little blurb in the corner oh okay but um i i haven't really noticed anything there too much like or or maybe it's happened and i you know i don't have anything to compare it to mm -hmm. um but, like, you get a different gun and whatnot. Like, the tyrant, uh, again, spoilers, the tyrant, uh, Mr. X, comes in a lot sooner into the game. So a lot of, like, there is repetition, but now you're having to do all those things with this guy chasing you right off the bat. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the enemies are quite different. Um, Cutscenes, there's, like, so far where I am, there's minor differences, but the ending of the game should be... Relatively. Relatively different, for oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, like, it's not nothing major, it's just, it isn't going into it what I expected, but like I said, and like you've mentioned, I haven't experienced enough to fully, I think if I talk to you in a week, I'll probably have much more, much more to compare to and stuff like that. Um, I guess one other thing... And again, this is more me being, uh, obviously I play a lot of video games. I'm not somebody who, I have my favorite franchise, but there's so many games that I kind of want to play. I'm more of someone who likes to play a game for a chunk of time and then I'm ready to move on to like a new game and stuff. And um, so I don't have a lot of, like I said, experience in resident evil and how the systems work and stuff i found myself near the end of the game uh because i it was it was on me i, I like i'll admit that but there were so many parts that i didn't intentionally skip over that it's like oh crap now i'm in this new section i'm now in the sewers there were still spots that i wanted to explore in the police station i just genuinely thought that I hadn't got to that point where I could <laughs> get no those. turning back. Yeah. And so like, again, it was probably more on me playing through it that way, but I just felt like there wasn't enough, uh, like in some other games, it's very clear of like, okay, if I want to explore more, like if I go to this mission or do this, it's now going to progress it to a point 
where maybe I don't want to be at that point yet. Maybe I want to take my time a little bit more, explore more rooms, try to find more things. And I just kind of felt like, again, I was like completely caught off, off guard, knowing things like, wow, I've now moved out of the police station and I didn't want to at that point. I wanted yeah. to spend a little more time. And so again, that could be just me being uh, not advanced enough and just maybe um, not taking my time or maybe it was something that they they lacked showing direction of just i don't know what, what you you obviously are probably someone who explores a lot of i yeah, remember you messaged me you being to, like explore every nook and cranny but it, i don't know what do you think of that i would say like as leon's uh first scenario um you don't get to explore like a significant chunk of like if, you, if you're looking on the map like the upper right corner okay of the main main floor second floor yeah um but claire gets the heart key and you get that like okay. whole kind of area unlocked that so. was one of my questions answered it was i was gonna ask you like the heart key is that like is that not you can't get you that can't as get okay that as good to yeah, know yeah, yeah but i still and as claire you can't get the um club key okay interesting um so that records room causes you to either go from one angle or another angle i got you okay uh okay good to know because i was wondering like because it seems like you're you're getting all these like that was something I, I I didn't know, but there was something that again was probably on me, and I talked about this with you. I did not get the flamethrower yeah, at no, all. Is, <laughs> like that just makes me sad. I'm getting that like this stuff. Like I got like my um, like my fuel tanks and stuff. I'm like I don't I don't even have like the the flamethrower. And then I read this note in the lab saying that I uh, what are the name of like the Oh, the comp or the regulator, the like the oh the plant zombies. Yeah. Um, oh, if you know what I mean. Anyways, not the, sure what their name is. Yeah. The vegetable zombies, as Megan called them. <laughs> um, with them, I read this note that's saying like you need the flamethrower to make sure like you they're need <laughs> yeah. Completely. And so that made it a really tough time. Like when I got the like the senior wristband or whatever after like uh, getting the solution and all that making my way back and having like um you know like mr x comes like and he's like yeah yeah that room when you're like where you put like the solution in that room back to like kind of uh i guess yeah. it's kind of like a lobby or something like where yeah. you kind of see the guy in the hazmat suit with it so getting through there there was like two of those zombies i have yeah. Like, the lowest amount of health, I have no ammo to, like, even put them down. I have no knives. I have one flash grenade, and that's it. Because, again, probably on me, not enough resource management, but I had, like, a hell of a time. So, again, there was kind of stuff like that that was, like... Do you know none of that happens in Claire's? Is it, you just spray the plant, and it's like, cool. Oh, really? You just get eh? the wristband, and, like, the zombies are, like, pretty slow. That's it, eh? like, yeah. Oh, my God. That was There's probably, more. like, the most irritating... <laughs> section of the game for me of just like because i remember like going down to was it though was it the most irritating section <laughs> it, it was well yeah i guess we'll get into that but before i knew what was to come it was like trying to get to like the cooling room to like um reduce the temperature of like the oh, solution and you have that's like those pain. liquors i'm like man it, i had more ammo and i was in a better health when i first explored like this hallway and if i would have maybe been more smart about rather than trying to avoid them now now i have to go past them and i have these you know what i figured out hmm. if you climb well you have to climb down the ladder to go into that area yeah yeah so you just take out your pistol and that first door yeah. just kind of like 
creak it open and you just shoot a zombie in the face and then walk out and the liquors reset to oh where they were. yeah 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 and then you just knock off enough zombies that you can walk slowly through the liquors and then they don't hear you i kind of use that kind of met like that technique of using like pushing the door open where i came in from the other side was able to make my way uh i think i got hit once but avoid to get to the server room yeah and then i had a lick liquor like right outside that i lured <laughs> right outside that room and i had enough ammunition that i killed one but then there's still another one that i had to yeah anyways it, it was it's very stressful but um yeah is there any uh, like, points that you didn't like about it or had i just want to talk about things that i liked but <laughs> yeah right like there's so much good that it, it's more hard but i i do like to kind of look at both perspectives of of things yeah like i, I think um and again like they could have made the crocodile battle significantly more interesting mm-hmm. and engaging because it was really just a 30 second thing where i think everyone who played it probably died two or three times until you figured out go left go right yeah go left and then he bites it and you kind of look at the original game and um you know you're not in the water it's chasing you down a hallway and you have to shoot it and you have to knock down the barrel that falls into its mouth and it's still not that challenging but you know i think they could have taken from that and elevated it Mm -hmm. for sure yeah it seemed like it was kind of just like a throat like like I was telling you before the show, we actually, Andrew showed me gameplay of that because I wasn't aware that there, that was a big change. And going through that uh, part in the remake, I kind of felt like, oh, I, you see him kind of like moving and then you're like, oh crap, this is going to be a big boss battle. And then the fact that it was over in like 30 seconds and it just seemed kind of like they didn't do much with it. And then knowing now that there was actually, it was... I'm not sure why they, they made that choice. Who knows, but... Yeah. It's interesting, like... Um, they could have had a small section where it was just, like, following you up and down the corridors or something. Yeah. Like, duck in and hide from it. Make it more of, like, an avoidance... Like uh, a Mr. X kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, you know, I can't complain too much. with it. When, when your, your complaints <laughs> are, like, stuff of, like, that, it really goes to show on how good this game is it's a it, there's a reason why it has such a high score on metacritic and um yeah i'm blown away by those ratings yeah like, it's really good um, um so let's talk about kind of the end game because i think that's where i know a lot of my frustration happened and i don't know <laughs> if it was again based on my skill level or if it was genuinely like a difficult thing and you I knew what was kind of to come for me because you had texted me saying that you were having a hard time with uh, the super tyrant. <laughs> I didn't mean to spoil it for you. I oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it, it was one of those things. It's like I I figured. Well, the thing is, so the the G virus guy or whatever. Um, yeah. The doctor. I figured like your last battle with him, I figured that that was the final boss kind of thing because I was having a very difficult time going into that battle. I don't know what your experience, you said it was, I go to the second try. Yeah, That's hilarious. Cause I went through that probably not as many times as the final boss, but <laughs> I definitely, and I, I don't know if it was because I went in like in rough shape. Like 
I'm not gonna lie. I I contemplated dropping it into assisted mode for that because I went in and I had zero ammo on everything. Oh, oh sorry. I had actually I think I had like three shotgun shells, zero ammo, and I had um, you know like lowest health I could have, and one grenade. That's it. Like, yeah. and you have to remember, I don't, like, I don't know if you can use the flamethrower, if it's effective on that, but I don't have yeah. that as well. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> so I, I, like, dropped in, and it's, they were, they were nice enough to supply you with resources to kind of beat it, but it definitely made it difficult. But it's literally, yeah. Um, that was probably on me for just, like, not being prepared for that. For but. me, I, I jumped into critical condition. I died once, but all I did was, like, before I died, like, I knew I was going to get hit, and then I just hit select, and it kind of pops up when you're in the view of an item, and I was like, all right, yeah. first aid spray is to the right, and yeah. I just grabbed that first aid spray, and I was just able to duck around him, but um, after that fight, though, it was kind of, yeah, they don't really give you anything it's kind of like boss battle yeah into bigger boss battle and you're just like what the hell is this <laughs> yeah i was like expecting knowing that like i still had that other boss to come i'm like okay well it's okay because if this guy isn't the hardest final boss they gotta give me like but no they don't give you a lot here's a red herb that you have no green herb yeah for. it's like are yeah. you serious and then um that fight i went in um better health wise and i had a little bit more resources which helped if i went in with critical condition there's no way i don't i think i'd still have wouldn't have beaten it but yeah the final boss is very difficult it took me probably close to 20 tries i don't know how long it took you but yeah around there 17 20 it's kind of like it, it was one of those things and same with the the boss previous to that that it took um like I think just more, I just had to take more time to realize its, its weaknesses. I think that and that prepared me for the final boss. Like, knowing it's like, okay, his heart's exposed. That's going to be um, his weakest point. Whereas, like, you know, the first boss, I was having trouble hitting the eye on his back. But then realizing, okay, his eye's exposed when he's, like, you know, ripping the thing, the up, thing yeah. off. I'll just save that eye, you or know, last. For, for that point and stuff like that. And, and yeah, it, so it, I think it wasn't, like designed to be super difficult it is designed in patterns <laughs> yeah it, well it, i i you've been, i eventually found for me like something that that worked i was mentioned to you earlier that like uh, especially the super tyrant like he has that one arm that's like on fire and stuff is you just kind of stay to the other side if you get close to him you can sometimes avoid even like touching him because he he swoops to swing yeah, with that like you can't really go to the side you have to go you have to make sure you have room to go backwards yeah <laughs> yeah so but man the second i uh and it was good to know about the the rocket launcher because you told me i knew that the because I, I had to look it up yeah, because yeah i'm yeah. like i knew there was a rocket launcher and that was the final way but i didn't know that it was going to be and if I would have just jumped in right away to like grab it, because it's in between you and him. It drops right there. <laughs> I would have actually just thrown my controller if I died in that moment. That's I had what to do that. To me. Oh exactly. My God. I was in critical and he was just like, ugh, got and just you. got you. Yeah. Oh, it was brutal. <laughs> I yeah. think I got it on the next try though. Yeah. It wasn't that bad, but 
So, anyways, I, it makes a good game. I think, like, like I said, I had no. I think it was a big adjustment for me because I was caught off guard because the majority of Leon's like first playthrough was pretty straightforward. I didn't really have too many parts where I got stuck or if there was a a part that I found kind of difficult, I was able to get around. And so it was kind of, I, I was okay with it having a, a hard time with the final boss. It kind of rounded it off okay for me, so. Yeah, made uh, it really rewarding. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that we can kind of wrap it up on Resident Evil 2 Remake. It's very clear that both of us really liked it. I think a lot of people liked it. Um, now the question is that I want to kind of end the show off is, going off that point, where does Resident Evil go from here now having a really successful remake? You said, you know, that the fans wanted, and so they gave him that Resident Evil 2 remake. Are they going to do the same? Like, are, are we going to get, you know, Nemesis remade? Are we going to, the next Resident Evil, is it going to be 8? Is it going to be a spin-off? Like, what do you think? Um, I think they're going to continue expanding the series. I think we probably will see an 8. Like, mm-hmm. my projection guessing is probably maybe 20, 2020 or 2021. Yeah, that seems, seems appropriate. Um, but, uh, and I'm kind of thinking about uh, Nemesis. I, like, I have a strong feeling they'll probably throw a curveball and do... It'll be a good curveball, but I, I have a strong feeling they're probably going to do Code Veronica. Okay. Or, like, Code Veronica X, yeah. Um, me, I guess kind of a pretty big spoiler, but you watched the end of the credits, right, on the remake. Did you see, like, that little scene? I don't know if this is... They're just... Did, no, I skipped it. You did? Okay, so there... <laughs> the one thing I skipped. I, again, I don't know Nemesis, so I don't know if this is, like, hinting at something like this, but... Um, Again, they could have just been making this because this was released on the original. So may, I'll try to refresh. But anyways, it's like this door and these like tentacles kind of come out of oh, the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I saw that. Is yeah. that hinting at... No, that's what you get in the B scenario. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> see, again, I don't I don't know. Like... So, so like, yeah, okay, yeah. Let me, let me, okay. So the A scenario is this escape on the train, but like Birkin's not dead yet. Yeah. So that's that's Birkin. Like he's in the last train car. Gotcha. Um, he's snuck in. Okay. He, they you Never know, mind they blow him up with dynamite. Okay. So I yeah, like <laughs> I, I don't know how that second or like story goes or whatever, so that makes more sense. That's a little more disappointing, but because yeah, that would have been yeah, cool. Yeah. I it would have been sweet if they threw like a little hint of like I think it's, I think it's too like early, that. but But I mean yeah. like if if they're doing their track record, they probably already started something. Yeah. Yeah. They move fast. Um, does Resident Evil 8, if you think that, is it stick to 7? Or does it kind of go back to... Uh, it, it, Resident Evil, if it is Resident Evil 8, um, without a question, it'll have to um, stick with after 7. Like, the history of Resident Evil has always gone in chronological order. Yeah. Like, every um, year that a game is released, it takes except for the first one which was 1996 but it was took place in 1998 gotcha okay um and i guess i guess three took place in 19 or was 1999 but took place in 1998 still oh but like ever ever since then like the characters have like a pretty chronological thing like if you look at the age of the characters um it lines up exactly when real world dates yeah like because chris chris redfield like 
dude's 53 or something. Yeah, yeah. Did did you like 7? Like, as a game? Yeah, um, I think it was a a good medium between... Because, like, the other thing I didn't like about 4 is that they went to, like, a a parasite kind of deal. Yeah. And that just didn't... Like, the way that they did it with the big parasite just didn't do it for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, having the mold, like... The mold creatures weren't scary to me, but the family was scary to me. Yeah, they're creepy. Right? Like, they were really creepy, and the atmosphere is creepy. Mm-hmm. And, like, when your girlfriend, like, turned on you and just, like, came at you, yeah. like, that was creepy. Um, so, and, like, the whole new umbrella thing, I don't know where I'm on that mm-hmm. yet. Because they've, I feel like they've kind of gone to too many corporations now. Like, they had umbrella and then white umbrella and BSAA and Tricell mm-hmm. and like I don't know let's pick one yeah exactly <laughs> or right? two don't take more than you need yeah it'll be interesting I think you're right I think eight will be the next um, I think they'll they'll stick with that for for game of OA wise because uh, it was successful it did really good I think it was like a a, a new refresh for the franchise that was neat much needed um after what had happened beforehand <laughs> um and i you know obviously is more horror focused um of, of trying to like replicate kind of what horror games are doing right now but i think that's okay i think like they'll find just like they find their balance with whatever direction they're going i think they'll 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 flush it out and hopefully it will be be good but i'm excited um yeah, any other, like, final things you want to talk about, or... Um, oh, man, I could always talk about Resident Evil, sure. I feel I like think, we've been going for a while. Yeah, so I think we've covered a lot more. I've learned a lot. I'm sure people listening have learned a lot. Um, anyways, thank you so much for taking the time to, to come on the show and talk about Resident Evil. Really appreciate it. Incoherent ramblings, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was awesome. Um, like I said... Well, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of course. Um, I want to have, you know, people that have more knowledge than me on certain games to come in and share because yeah this is a big big franchise that i can't really add to and so it's good to have someone who knows about the games and then even more so to everything beneath them so that's really cool so anyways thank you guys for listening to this episode of games are fun um just a reminder you can catch a new episode every tuesday at 10 a.m mountain daylight time on itunes google play soundcloud and Castbox. if you like the show wherever you're listening to it on make sure you subscribe that platform it goes a long way and i really appreciate it so thanks everyone and we'll talk to you guys in the next episode